five, four, three, two, one. You already know who it is, Punkadella Files. Run Double DMC, Diane Gosling, Will Sith, D-Man, Disaster of the Universe. D-Man, Disaster of the Universe. Fucking hell, that's a, that's a fucking good one. Now, what is going on here, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen? We're getting Punkadelic. Obviously, it's Thursday night. That's what's up. Here's a question for everyone. Did Joe Rogan really have the front man of the Counting Crows on his podcast in 2021? yikes fucking yikes bro what is going on down there in texas can all you fucking tax cheats please just fucking move back to los angeles where you were at least good fucking crack all right so what i'm trying to do punkadella files is come up with well i say come up with right i'm trying to rip off another podcast here as per fucking usual but like i always come clean with you about it so shannon lee hire on the gas digital network always promotes her podcast on other podcasts so succinctly and it's like I need to have something that just is able to come out in that rhythm, that perfectly, that's catchy, that people are like, oh, fuck, that sounds good. So what she does is she goes, my podcast is called, the thing is, we talk about bad dates, fighting, and ghosts. And I'm just like, holy fuck, well, like, what would that even be for Punkadelic Podcast? Hey, it's Punkadelic Podcast. We talk about thrash metal, porno, and dinosaurs. Yo, it's Punkadelic Podcast. We talk about dinosaurs, mixed martial arts, and stuck porn. Yo, it's Punkadelic Podcast. We talk about weed, Batman, and satanic pedophile cults hey it's punkadelic podcast we talk about album recommendations we talk about no see then that's it you fucked up the rhythm already what i want to do what i want to hear is you guys best fucking three-part structures what is punkadelic podcast about refresh my memory what do i ever even be talking about on here i totally forget week on week and i'm so burnt out from doing an hour yesterday on the ufc that i have absolutely zero interest in being here for you rats tonight and also i've got i've just gone went and fucked up the whole production of this episode this week because i never really settled on a theme so i never actually sat down and did the work of planning out an episode and now i'm having a crisis of confidence in these notes and i don't know like it could just it's literally just the story of what i did at the weekend which is fuck all uh talking about food later on and then god knows what and then walloper watch which i am hoping to do outside again but here is the other fucking rub. I also have one eye on the PFL here, which of course fucking Clarissa Shields is making her fucking MMA debut right at the fucking moment that I do be recording the podcast. And also, if you hear anything that sounds like white noise or southern rock fusion, I am also listening to Corrosion of Conformity's blind album in one earphone tonight. I have a, a diffuser here, which is changing colours constantly, and a tremendous glass of Jim Beam and Diet Coke. So uh, I'm just trying to set a vibe here tonight because... Um, I sat here for 25 minutes with the thing recording earlier on, just not saying anything, and I'm not sure what's going on. I believe that if anybody has any complaints about that, you should send those to the Blue Door Marijuana Dispensary, East Hastings, Vancouver. Punkadelic Podcast is about Satan, stuck porn, and complaining. So that's where we're at, but if you do want to help me out by thinking up uh, what are the three things a Punkadelic Podcast means to you. Is it about mixed martial arts? Is it about heavy metal? Is it about fucking you are a cat in a zombie apocalypse? I really must get back and do another game book episode, actually. But the thing is, as well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you can... Um, Punkadella Files, I could have said there, fucking save myself a whole fucking bunch of syllables. I am brutal at podcasting. Terrible economy of words. Just all-round brutal. 
Um, I don't want to be here tonight. I fucking told you that already. I'm fucking. There's a fight. I'm trying to fucking watch here. There's like, like what? Who, what? Who, who are these two goons that are fighting right now? I'm looking at this here now. Collard and Luderbach. Is that Clay Collard, former UFC fighter? Because that's the only way you know anybody that's fighting in the PFL. That's not Clarissa Shields. Also, this card was supposed to have fucking what's his face on it? Uh, Showtime Pettis, older Pettis. So that all got shit canned. I don't know what his fucking problem was. Undisclosed injury. And uh, so now I'm just watching pretty tepid meal, lightweight action here. It's been a bit of ground total of 34 strikes thrown in this entire round. And it's just been a grappling exchange for the entire time that I've been watching it. So I uh, don't know what to tell you about PFL there. I usually like PFL more than this. Apparently your man Brendan Lachlan won a good victory there tonight, which is just always nice to hear about because Dana White gave him so much grief. For uh, shooting for a takedown last minute and uh, on Dana White's contender series, so that was just ridiculous. That man should have been signed. UFC just did themselves out there. So whatever. Let's hope that he fucking gets and wins himself a million bucks here, and then he can fucking write "fuck you, Dana White" on the side of the Hollywood Hills with it, whatever he fucking wants to do. Uh, getting back to something that I got lost in there because I was fucking shouting. Uh, you can send a voice message to the podcast now. It's in the link in every single episode bio, and I mean. I was going to say fuck each and every single one of you for not sending one yet, like leaving me to do all the work here. But then, of course, I just realized that like I have no clue whatsoever how to check. So uh, maybe text me if you do it as well. So uh, at Punkadelic Podcast on Instagram, we're over there. I'm doing good things this week. I'm fucking, I'm just really settled in my ways of fucking using a single app to add 1980s VHS glitch textures to pictures and putting that up. And that is my entire aesthetic. And I will be sticking with it forever. And that's just it. And it's just repetition, 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 repetition over there. So we're just going to keep banging the logo out and photoshopping it into different things. And that's it. But go over there or and then hit the episode, hit the link in the episode bios. Send a voice message into the cast. I'll whack it into the episode. You'll be out there. You can do whatever you want. You can call someone a cunt. You can ask me a question. Do whatever you fucking want, okay? Um, or I'll call someone a cunt for you. Fuck it. I've got people to call cunts later on tonight. Believe it or believe it not. But don't be scared to send in a voice message, okay? You can fucking... Look. Whatever. Whatever goes. This podcast is now up to an estimated audience of 14 people. I believe that's up from 13. And uh, the numbers for this podcast are just getting super fucking weird. Like, I just don't understand. Like, are people listening or are people not listening? Like, and there's a bunch of weirdo fucking countries showing up on the list as well. Like, who the fuck is listening in Colombia? Please. I would love to hear from you. Ireland at a solid meaty 6% of my listens now. But like look through some of these fucking nobody's countries. Netherlands, Spain, Indonesia, Brazil, Colombia, Singapore, Austria, Finland, New Zealand. All sitting in there at less than 1% of my listens. I'm sure what the fuck would anybody in any of them countries be doing like? That is fucking bananas. And then where are we at? 626 players as of right now. Bing bang boom on our way to the big thousand baby. Then that's it. It's fucking dead. We are getting fucking out of here. Punkadelic podcast. 52 episodes and bounce. That's it. I'm not a celebrity. I break people's orbital bones and bounce. <laughs> oh, very good, Connor. Let's check in with the PFL here. Ugh, these two are still fucking clenched up. Okay, just broke up. Calf kicks landing for Collard versus Luderbach. Both men look exhausted. Although Collard does look significantly more tired and I can see more redness on him but that might be due to a function of him being white. 
significantly wider than his opponent anyway. His opponent might be Italian. This fight fucking stinks. Let's fucking move on. So um, we'll jump back over there in a second and see what's going on. We'll see if we can maybe do a little bit of live commentary over Clarissa Shields' fucking MMA debut. Her coming across being the most successful female boxer of all time. You know, it's Conor McGregor in reverse. I can't believe I'm not hearing more about this crack from more people. I don't know anybody else that's probably watching this right now. So I'm not saying that makes me great. I'm just saying it's strange. I think I think that uh, PFL should have been out there making more fucking noise about this. Or somebody should have been. I don't know. Surely Big Fat Rogan was talking about it this week. Probably the fucking that boy from the Counting Crows or some other goon. Get Joe Rogan out of fucking Texas. Make Texas great again. Sick of it. Somebody knock somebody out in this fucking fight or I will. Come on. Doggy, I'm going drinking tomorrow night and I cannot wait. Oh, look at this. And I don't know why I'm fucking having such a negative view of this fight here. Like, this is probably dead on regular level mixed martial arts but because it's just outside of the ufc i'm freaking out it's like i don't know where's all the pictures where's bruce buffer where's corn nuts the official corn snack of the octagon that's a sick reference by the way if you don't get that go back and watch the uh the jones and sonnen fight if you get the whole card on pirate bay all the adverts are still in there and it's just wall-to-wall fucking corn nuts i'm telling you how are these two grappling up grappling again this is terrible terrible clinch exchanges here somebody needs to press the pace and just fucking put pay to this fight yo if that boy Luderbach has all that energy to fucking circle off and run away here he should have the energy to fucking engage at some point okay there was a karate hottie style kick a few karate hottie style punches there from uh collard collard now doing a bit of body work that's nice boy is still not attacking him homeboy can't let his hands go he's ducked in for another takedown What's going on here? So, uh, yeah, significantly more strikes in total for Collard. This is round two. We've got 40 seconds to go. Oh, my God, Collard. If you let that boy take your back after all of that. Or lock up this guillotine. Oh, he's about to jump for that. This fight stinks. No, it's adverts because it's streaming off fucking ESPN. Also, I have no sound coming out of this computer, so you're not hearing it. I'm not hearing it. Don't worry about it. Doggy, I hope Clarissa Shields dints the fuck out of this girl tonight. Like, I want to believe. You know that my nickname is the Eternal Optimist. Like, that's not a fucking joke. Like, I am ready for people to win fights at all times. Like, and I just, I want the fucking fan story to come through. I want the fucking movie to happen. I want the underdog to do this shit. Now, her opponent has nine MMA fights already, so... Let's just fucking see, like, boxing the MMA, I believe it happened once before, but I can only relate to it second hand, because it was way back in the day, that boy James Tony and didn't go his way, let's just leave it at that, well let's leave it at that, because I don't really know what happened, Um, so hold on, let's just cut across the fucking Clarissa Shields in the fucking, alright, no, we are getting back to this round now, but that felt like a lot longer than a minute between rounds there, so I don't know what that's about. Hey, we're still on Punkadelic Podcast here. I hope you're all doing good. Sorry, I've just started fucking commentating the, the fight that I'm watching here. I'm just super excited about this Clarissa Shields fight. And, um, like, I don't even know what the fuck the notes are to talk about here tonight. So I sort of feel like we'll just, uh, we'll just watch these damn fights together. I'm having a fucking whiskey. Maybe you should pour yourself one too. Maybe roll a fat one and uh, see if you can get another stream of these fights. No doubt. I think PFL put their fights on uh, YouTube, so... 
and they'd be fucking fools not to because like how else is any fighting organization supposed to fucking go toe to toe with the ufc it simply just isn't possible in financial terms but tell you what i'll say it again this fight stinks i feel like that boy hit collard by accident there a few times come on clay don't no bum kicks come on no kamara dean bum kicks maybe don't get into this man's guard though he seems to be a player down there yeah he's dying for him to come down I'm ready for that boy to be knocked out. I don't like either of these boys, but especially don't like that other fella who has the face of a cunt and looks like fucking, looks cocky as, but is like, like I would say Dylan Danis level striking here. Fuck, Collard just missed another dreadful kick. I'm not even going to tell you this what just happened. Like, obviously, I couldn't fight like this and I hate to be disrespectful to mixed martial artists because I believe that they really, really basically give their lives to the sport and their bodies pretty much as well. But, like, this is not the best fight I have ever seen by a fucking long shot. And I would never lie to you, Punkadella Files. Never, ever. All right, time for another big hit of whiskey. It's like neither of these boys want to win a million quid. Like, the PFL is the easiest mixed martial arts organization to win a million quid in. Fact, you have to win, what, like four fights in a row. And that's it. Now, I'm not saying they don't get significantly harder as you go on, or maybe you draw Roy McDonald in round one and you're fucked, but it's a million quid for winning fucking four fights. Like, we're going to be talking about that balloon fucking Boracina Costa uh, asking for loads of money later on. Like, don't worry, we'll talk about it. But, like, if he was in the PFL, he'd probably be tearing shit up, and he might well be if he gets fucking cut from the UFC for continuing to go on like a fucking balloon. Talking about him near every week at this stage. He's not even fighting. Has been fighting. Now pulled out of another fight. Absolute bottle merchant. There's breweries in East Van that are less of a fucking bottle merchant than that. Two minutes to go in this round. Now fucking Luderbox just ended up on top. He is probably going to be happy to fucking ride there for the rest of the round. Collard's devastated. How's the fight going in terms of strikes? Collard's landed 76 of 116 attempted. Luderbox has landed 42 of 50 attempted. Collard's got... Is that an 8 or a 0 takedowns to Litterbox 7? Can you get closer to the screen? Hang on. Okay, that's a 0 for Collard. So Homeboy's significantly ahead on takedowns, but our boy here has got the striking fucking sewn up. So it just gives you the age-old question, like, what the fuck do you do when you're bored by mixed martial arts? Two men fighting for their lives, and it's fucking not even entertaining, like. I don't know what to do in those moments. Tweet. Boo, if you're there. Some half-assed jujitsu going on here. If this is a submission, I'll kill myself. Oh boy, just picked him up. Oh, it's a slam, but not on his head. And he still wound up landing in his guard. Luder back on top, trying to pass. Collar looks comfortable enough here with his guard. He's not able to offer much of a fucking counter-attack right now. Just keep throwing digs, Clay. Just keep throwing digs and score some fucking, score some points here. Because you need to make the last fucking 10 seconds count. And the judging has been retarded in this PFL the entire time. So. Now, am I looking at this cockeyed or. Could there be four rounds in this fight? 
sudden victory. I don't know. I think that's from dodgeball. I don't think that's a real thing. So 93 strikes to 52 uh, for Clay Collard, but 8 takedowns to 0 for Jolton Lutterbach. So that's fucking not wise. What is this thing they have on the screen right now? Fighter performance rating max equals 100. So it's 94 to 40 in the first round, 57 to 50 in the second, and 50 to 72. Verdict Global Scorecard. Oh, they used the Verdict Global Scorecard. That's pretty cool. So they, that's got Clay Collard winning. So that seems about right, like because it's about striking aggression. Right? I don't know. Oh, fuck. Like, yes, it's dicey. And somebody's been so clearly better in the striking, but somebody's been so much clearly better at fucking uh, grappling. So who won the fight? They've got four things up here on screen, and three of them are going for Collard. And I say I didn't watch the whole fight, so I don't know what happened in round one. But let us fucking see. I believe I was already reading about some fucking referee hijinks here tonight on Twitter before this. Not too sure exactly what was going on there. Alright, come on. Let's get a fucking move on here. I have fucking other fights to watch. Other shit to talk about. Both got their hands up. Don't think so, though. Clay Collard gets a nod. Which makes me happy because that certainly seemed to be what I could see. And the other guy just seems like he has nothing but takedowns. Now show me the league table and everything here. And I have no idea how they award points or anything in this. Alright, so hopefully while we're building up to Clarissa Shields making her mixed martial arts debut for the first time ever. Wait, that's what debut means. Fuck, I'm stupid. Anyway, Clarissa Shields will be making her debut here in a while. But here's a quick story in the meantime. So I wanted to tell you all about what I was up to at the weekend there. So I was up in a part of British Columbia called Pritchard. Which is just the craziest because when you're coming in on the road it is a like a desert climate you're down in a valley and everything is sandstone and like eroded fucked up like there's trains that are like 25 miles long just dragging freight around the place everything's rusted up and there's not a whole lot of greenery like at the at the peak time of the year at like august where i've been there a number of times there it's just fucking gnarled up but you go up the, you go up the hill to my girlfriend's mom's property like and it is just like the most abundant and glorious fucking wood slash forest it is beautiful and so look we were just up there chilling out but um it was pretty fucking sweet i gotta tell you because um well look we'll get into why it was sweet but look first things first we got there on a friday night and all i knew at four o'clock saturday morning when I'm in somewhere that is not super familiar to me, which is in Burr country, which is in Cougar country, which is right beside this dickhead who has all of these very scary dogs that are, quote unquote, not friendly. I'm like, well, what the fuck does that mean? Are they going to bite me or not? <laughs> like, I'll be roaming around smoking dope late at night. Like, like please tell me. But anyway, 4 a.m. in the morning comes. I wake up in the dead of fucking night. And... I just have absolutely never had stomach pain like it. It was fucking insane. And my appendix burst, right? My appendix burst inside me and it was fucked in there for hours. 
before they managed to get the fucking pieces out. So believe me when I say I know what I'm fucking talking about. So my stomach is about to explode. So all I know is I am going to shit, okay? If I can get outside, brilliant. But let's just ideally focus on getting out of bed where we're sleeping with our girlfriend right now. So lucky enough, did manage to make tracks outside. And um, even as far around as the side of the building that we were in, the guest house up the stairs. So down there in fucking bear country, like just like no idea what is around me because it's pitch black as well. And the predominant noise, all I can hear is fucking frogs croaking on the first night. Although that did change across the course of the trip. It was predominantly frogs on the first night. And like... Okay, so mercifully, my stomach pain did subside very, very, very quickly. But like what was left there was like indescribable. Like I, I can't believe it came out of me. It was ridiculous. It was like... like if people didn't think there had been birds on the property already, then they would have after this, absolutely. And yes, I know that one of my big influences in podcasts, and Joey Diaz tells a story about taking a shit in his neighbour's garden and claiming that it would have fucking looked like a bird did it, but this actually then genuinely happened to me, so that's probably why the reference in terms of the size comparison is in there for me, but anyway, that all happened, and that was all just like super traumatic. I couldn't fucking believe all that. And then like, so, but just to let you know, like, we're just out there in that fucking part of the world in where animals are just fucking running hog wild like i come from ireland like the wildest thing running about is always humans like there's no doubt about it like foxes badgers hedgehogs like doesn't get that crazy so like here's a full list of the animals i actually fucking saw with my own two eyes this weekend so deer frog squirrel woodpecker hummingbird times infinity literally fucking sick of seeing hummingbirds they're fucking everywhere over here vermin uh two horses which has a separate story uh to go with it so on the monday morning then we're just fucking chilling as i say it was just a chill weekend we went up to hang out there was nothing fucking crazy going on um but the monday morning then so my girlfriend's working from home you know she's still working like so she's just working from like 7 30 in the morning so we can leave later that day so i'm just like right well i've got tit all to be at like why don't I just walk the ever-loving shit out of the dog? So me and him set off fucking halfway up the property. And I mean, they've got acres of property. I don't know how much exactly, but you can go all the way up to the top on this hike. We're up to where they have these beehives. And just to keep giving you context about how fucking lush and cool this place is, it's just a perfectly getaway. Like, well, for us, I mean, they live there. I mean, it must be insane living there and doing all the work it takes to keep it. But anyway, about five years ago, there were very, very, very bad forest fires. And so, after a forest fire, the bees, I don't know the science behind it, folks, okay? Don't fucking ask me, but they pick up pollen different, or the pollen's ashed up, or it's smoked, or something crazy is going on. So, they only get this, they only make this type of honey immediately after a forest fire, and it's known as the champagne of honeys. And it was produced by the bees in the hive at the top of this property, and it was beautiful. Had that about two years ago. Absolutely mental, like, you wouldn't understand. So... I decided to walk the fucking dog up there and see what's going on. And I absolutely have no qualms about doing it because we all did it the day before. So it's sweet. I know where I'm going. Everything is hunky fucking dory. So that's all well and good until I get fucking lost. Obviously, right? I mean, of course I can't just fucking get it right. So I didn't even get that lost. Like, it wasn't that bad. But when it, like, when it was on my own with the dog, I was like, I didn't, even, didn't know when I set off that it was definitely going to go to the top. 
but we were, we were cruising anyway and uh, then we got to the creek like and then I was like fuck don't know if I'm going to tackle this because I've been raining the night before and all and it's already fucking treacherous as like we're in a totally deciduous fucking forest maybe that's not the right word for it I don't know I just thought that that was descriptive um, and so then I have to go down all these steep banks get fucking involved in crossing a fucking creek and then climb it back up the other side so obviously like this is where I fucking cocked up and I took a wrong turn coming up the other side of the creek so then I come out and I'm still halfway down the fucking mountain so I'm like right fuck it I'm gonna go and look at this pond over here so instantly I'm like well I'm filled with regret about doing this because I was like oh shit did I just walk myself full blown into mosquito country but it was all good I didn't really get stung too bad this time the last time I was in Pritchard I got absolutely destroyed I can send you photos that are absolutely disgusting mosquitoes fucking love me but let me tell you what i do not fucking love them back and you know if i ever got the chance i would bite the fuck out of one of them so there it is mosquitoes come at me so moving on from the pond i spied a trail in behind it and i just thought like fuck it i'll just go bushwhacking here for a minute and see and see what happens like i had nowhere to be and i was fully enjoying myself you know what i mean i'm out by myself sweating like a fucking pig in a fucking heat lamp but you know there's nobody like i'm not trying to impress my fucking girlfriend's ma or anything with how fit i am and still being able to talk like it was the day before i'm just cruising i'm listening to what was i listening to i believe i was listening to the new gojira album shite that band does nothing for me every time i listen to them had on a bit of then uh liquid tension experiment also shite not doing it for me either um and then i think i finally went back to corrosion of conformity Oh no, I had Royal Blood's new album on for a while and it seemed to be great to be quite honest. But anyway, I come out of this path at the top of the at the top of the mountain then, past the pond and there's just trees everywhere. Like it's so dense, there's fucking no way I'm going to be able to get where I need to go. So moving on through from there, I was like, I found the beehives and I found the clearing and everything was all good. And I was like, right, this is brilliant. The sun is fucking belting down here. It's roasting. I'll take the coat off. I can sit down here for a minute. I can fucking set 20 minute timer on my watch, meditate, get back down here with my head in check, go back home and have a productive week this week. No issues. So then the fucking, there are two horses show up on the scene before I can even get sat down and start having crack. And then it's just instant fucking stress for me because one of their horses hates our fucking dog and is constantly trying to squish him. But like, I don't know horses. Like, it's better when my girlfriend and or her ma are about to fucking corral them and do whatever and like, I'm just standing there being like, yes, no, good horse. Like, I don't know what to be at. Like, this is a fucking gigantic animal. And they're both fat as fuck right now because they've just been turned loose eating. They're like 200 pounds heavier than they normally are. Don't quote me on that if you're like, oh my God, that's animal cruelty. I don't know if a horse should have an extra 200 pounds. Maybe it's 100. Who the fuck knows? But the point being then, I was like, right, this fucking horse is being a bit of a dick. Because I was like, oh, you know, I was trying to be cute with it. Like, I'm scratching it in the face and all. And I'm like, oh, Tula, you're not really that bad of a horse. Like, you tell me if you weren't that happy with me being up here and all, wouldn't you? And then she fucking headbutted me. So I was like, right, fuck's sake. So I was like, dog, Teddy, let's go. I'm yelling at the dog. Like, I don't even have time to be polite to him. And so where we walk off and the horse stands there and just watches us go. So at this stage, I'm like, maybe I misinterpreted the headbutt. I don't know. You know, like, I'm second-guessing myself. I am not a fucking horse whisperer or a vet of any sort of standing. Like, so I was like, fuck it. I called the horse then. Horse comes at me, comes at us. And uh, then, so I'm just fucking, like, like you, if you listen to this podcast, you probably know me or you probably have an idea. Like, I'm a fucking weed-smoking weed fucking cheesehead. Like, I don't know shit. Next thing, I'm leading three fucking animals 
giant majestic animals through the fucking forest going down the horse trail not the people trail because fucking maddie's mum showed me the day before so i'm like well they want these trails to get walked and cleared up and you know i might as well do a favor for them having me here like you know i handled bringing that horse the fucking 20 meters over here just using my voice so obviously i'll be fit to walk them down the whole mountain so then we're back on the people path after the horsey trails and like everything was going well and i was like fuck maybe i am a fucking horse whisperer you know maybe i was getting into it i was thinking maybe i'll go on another horse ride because i went on a fucking horseback ride in banff a couple of years back and loved it and uh, i mean for four hours nothing fucking mental but anyway then we're on the people track again and it had rained the night before and the property's all covered in clay it's basically it's like 60 percent clay they had it tested so like i am slipping real real fucking bad trying to fucking stop a horse from squishing my fucking dog and so like i'm just walking in front of the bad horse and tony's a little bit behind he's just chill don't worry about the other horse in the story he's not going to try and squish a dog or anything it's all chill good times with tony the pony so i'm slipping all over the show and i'm trying to get grip and all and i'm trying to stop tula from running down a hill and killing my dog and then i can hear her starting to slide on her hoofs behind me and i turn around and i'm like are you fucking serious so anyway it just was like the most stressful end to a fucking class dog walk of my life i couldn't believe it i had to tell you guys about it because like nobody like if you know me you just know that i am not equipped to be responsible for two horses safely traversing a mountain like absolutely fucking not like as i I always like to quote that line from that fucking bad pierce Brosnan and james bond at a time like this life's full of small challenges so anyway listen i talked so much shit there we're about three minutes into this clarissa shields fight um, and i'm not done telling you about pritchard either we've got more crack to have there yeah, here we go. So the other girl's on top of her now. Has been for a little while. Uh, Shields has landed 22 out of 24 strikes that's just thrown. One of those seemed to be really significant from where I was sitting. And homegirl's landed 9 out of 11. I like how they have all these stats up. You know I like a bit of data-driven denting on here. But Shields looking alright. Girl's basically in full mount though. But girl's just lying on top of her. Isn't able to get, like, isn't getting strikes off. Shields trying for some wrist control there. Not sure. Oh, Shields trying to turn over here. That's not great. Should she get her fucking neck taken? No, she's flattened out again. Not sure if she did that or Elkins did. Doesn't look like she knows how to get out of this, though. She needs to be wall walking at this stage, right? I'm not saying I do. That's why I'm at po- posing that as a question. But as far as I know, she should be wall walking up around the cage there to get this bitch off her. Get her toes all up in the cage. Cheat like fuck. Oh, it was my first match. I didn't know. I thought you could put your toes in the cage. Was that... Did she do damage from the bottom there? It seemed like she was striking upwards and then the girl just came laid right back down on top of her. Okay, end of the round. Fuck. That's not fantastic. But that's exactly, sort of exactly what you would have expected to see, I guess. Um, hopefully, she'll understand now that she needs to come out and pour it on and fucking knock this bitch out. No offense to young Elkins. If she wins it, absolutely all respect. Happy days. On you go, you girl. But you know me, I'm just trying to be the eternal optimist. I just want to see something amazing happen. Somebody be the greatest fucking female boxer of all time and then just step into the cage and be amazing in there too. Wow, what a fucking story. Sorry for believing in things. Sorry for caring. Sorry for uh, contributing positive energy into the world. Sorry. Sorry for ever being born. 
yeah. Full list of animals I saw on Predator this weekend. Deer, frog, squirrel, woodpecker, hummingbird, horse, chickadees, chip, monks, ravens, voles, and dragonflies. It's just like, damn, Dorothy, you are not in fucking Kansas anymore. And saw, notably, a whole bunch of moose shit, but still, moose, meese continue to elude me. I want to see a fucking moose. Apparently, they're so fucking big in real life. I... It's just, it'd be the last little piece of Canada that I need to fucking get seen. Like, well, maybe an orca also would be pretty fucking sick. But, like, I've already got whales ticked off. Grizzly bears, black bears, brown bears, uh, elk, caribou. Seen it all, bruh. Seen it all. Clarissa Shields keeping this thing standing this go-round. Come on! she in a boxing stance there? Could somebody please comment on that that knows about these things for me? Wow, looks like she rocked her there. Oh, she better get taken down again, though. Oh, no, she scrambled it out. Homegirl's got her leg. Oh, she... Oh, oh, Clarissa. Yes, baby. Nope, nope. Get out of that. Get out of that. Don't let her fucking grab that leg. <sighs> now, homegirl has a shield and a crucifix. Fuck. Oh. Or is trying for one, anyway. I guess when you're fighting Clarissa Shields, you don't try and box her. Yes, that's it. Who is this girl? Did Darren Elkins have a sex change? Oh, she's in full mount unloading. She's just hugging her down. Stop the fucking offense coming. No, no, don't let go of the grip, Clarissa. You right now need to fucking hold this girl so she never gets another shot off and the referee stands his up. Double daily. Fucking free fucking MMA coaching and tips here on Punkadelic Podcast. This is it. Never been in a fight. Fucking worth talking about anyway. Happy to dispense advice to the fucking finest athletes in the world. That's what it's all about. <sighs> times like this, the eternal optimist really, really gets sad. Like nothing worse than just expecting to see an absolutely glorious knockout that will make fucking headlines all around the world tomorrow morning and then it's just like now we're in like our third minute of top control for Elkins without strikes land, without strikes being thrown okay there's the first time she's used her hands in a minute she's obviously not doing much she's just sort of pinned there If Shades gets out of this, it's going to be on accident. Well, you know, we've got a minute 49 to go here, so unless something drastic happens here, I guess what's going to be our girl's path to victory is to spark her out at the start of the next round and not get taken down. But, you know, anytime she gets close enough, homegirl's just taking her down, so that fucking stinks for her. Oh, not on to the back. Don't give to the back. What weight was that? Was this at? 155? Jesus, these are big girls. Referee should have stood this up by now. I mean, I'm no expert on the fucking rulebook of mixed martial arts, but... Oh, now she's adopted full mounted, postured up. Now she just grabbed her back down. Ref's getting real close. Oh no, girl had an armbar locked up. Oh no, Clarissa's out. Up, it's up. They're on their feet. Get her. Fucking kill her. Trying to sink in the rear naked choke, but I have as much confidence in her scoring a submission in this fight as I would have in a chocolate teapot. Come on, you fucking girl, you. 
Wow, big shots, big shots. Oh, get her. Yes, Denter. Sorry, Elkins, you got to go. You're in the way of the fucking greatest story ever written. Whew, saved by the fucking bell. Woo! I didn't think this was going to be a good podcast. I did not think this was going to be a good podcast. By the way, I'm watching the PFL uh, Professional Fighters League. It's um, mixed martial arts. You'll find it on YouTube tomorrow, I'm sure. Or you won't. I don't know. I'm having my fun, and that's all that matters. Fuck, I just hope our girl fucking manages to get it off here and just put the little fucking cherry on this. The rest of this podcast will be dreadful if she loses this fight. I'm going to be depressed as. Perhaps we should pencil in for next week to watch uh, Clarissa Shields highlights together because I reckon that'll be a good fucking time. What sort of, like I mean what I don't know what sort of level of competition she would be facing in women's boxing like is it the sort of thing you can just be a phenom in by yourself because she's slightly bigger at a heavier weight and there's not really the challenges in the same way that it is in MMA for your your cyborgs and your Amanda Nunezes okay here we go last fucking round oh great shot lands for Clarissa oh your girl jumped in from about halfway across the ring to get onto her lower leg there that's why I mean it's understandable but like someone that loves to see the striking battle in mixed martial arts okay shields has not let this takedown happen it's not secured but either is shields free right now okay shields is now on top can't get caught up in any jits but if she can just keep on loading here yes yes girl go on come on she's got nothing for you from this position Elkins holding on, no, holding on. She seems to still think that she's going to secure this down here. But, honestly, Clarissa's just pushing her head into the floor right now. And it's nasty as one hand pushing her head into the floor. The other one getting off strikes. Just sort of continuing in the same pattern here. There's slight positional changes happening. But Clarissa is maintaining herself up on top here with that. I'm not sure what you call this position, but. There we go. Referee calls it off. Clarissa Shields wins her MMA debut in pretty good fashion. Overcoming adversity. Fucking getting the strikes off when she needed to. She just failed to jump up on top of the cage there. But we'll leave her alone. We've seen Justin Gaethje do that too. So um, there's her mum there to support her too. At least I assume that's her mum. And I've got no sound on this computer. So there's not probably a whole lot of point in me watching the rest of this shit. But absolutely fucking stellar performance there at the very end to... Uh, survive that takedown and just put herself in position to fucking get off the ground and pound that she needed nice one really really fucking nice one probably after your first loss like that you just go and hit the fucking mat so hard until you're fucking um until you're confident in getting out of there like i think wasn't wasn't masvidal <laughs> wasn't masvidal saying before the last fight like he was just starting every round in training like on the bottom and just working to get up because just fighting off adversity and i think it was sort of a similar thing for mcgregor in preparing for the khabib fight so um if she goes and does stuff like that and it's just like you were just working out stand-ups from like people with rudimentary fucking grappling like that i don't know I, I, I would like her to be a dangerous prospect i think she needs to probably stay at the pfl level for a while after watching that but like in a year or two, if she wants to stick with this shit, why the fuck not? And I think she's fought everybody in boxing that it's possible to fight, so... I don't know, it's just an interesting case. A real interesting case. So I wanted to go through one other thing that happened to me at the weekend with you, and uh, 
I don't know if maybe I am just a full-on psychopath, but this fucking seriously bothered me, right? So yes, essentially, do you know what really grinds my gears is? When you go to a roadside Starbucks in the middle of fucking bumblefuck nowhere, five hours north of Vancouver in British Columbia, and you walk in, and you're just trying to get two iced coffee, or no, you're actually you're trying to get an iced coffee and a hot coffee for you and your girlfriend to stay awake on the, on the car on the way down the road and just, you know, be able to tolerate each other while they're in that close of, close of fucking quarters. So I go in and like, I'm already fighting the uphill battle of having an Irish accent. Um, I'm wearing a mask. They're behind fucking Perspex. And honestly, it went fucking downhill the second I fucking opened my mouth, right? I goes, and I had two grand egg coffees, one iced, one hot. And I could tell the girl was already in fucking space in her head. Now, she was obviously all of about 16 years of fucking age. So I don't hold her responsible really at all. But then she was like, two coffees, one hot, one iced. Or I think it took her a minute. I think I said it again. I was like, right, so that's a grande iced coffee and a grande hot coffee. And then she was like, right, what type of coffee do you want in those? And I was like, then I fucking panic, right? I panic. Like, I know how to order Starbucks. My girlfriend is the most basic white bitch you will absolutely ever meet in your fucking life. Starbucks is a regular fucking thing around here. And I know how to fucking order it now. So your one is like, what coffee do you want? And I'm like, I am 99% certain daughter that you don't offer the different blends for iced coffees. It's all just sitting somewhere iced up and that's it. So then she has to, or then her manager swans in, right? And the manager has the Karenist haircut I have ever seen, right? She re- this woman, and I, I, there's a lot of B's and C's directed at women on this podcast, and someday perhaps I'll have to apologize for it, but like, there is no hate in it. But I only mention that because I don't, because I know I normally just throw it in there like fucking punctuation, but I want you to understand that when I say this, like, this woman had the face of a cunt, right? Mousy face fucking feathered textured short hair with fucking reddish ginger highlights in it and uh, so i so i was like right right she was like what do you want then and i'm like right game time decision how do i make this simple so that they don't fuck up so i say two iced coffees and she says to me, and I couldn't fucking believe this, it made my fucking blood boil because it was so unnecessary. She says to me, it comes sweetened. And like, honestly, lads, I have never heard the fucking like of this. I, so like, honestly, I wish I'd said something pithy or, or smart or, or been cheeky or like had something that was actually good content for a, for a podcast host, you know. But I just went, what? And, you know, I was wearing a mask, and I'm pretty sure my mouth was hanging fucking open, trying to suck in an explanation about what the fuck this sentiment just meant. Like, She goes, it comes sweetened, unless you tell us otherwise. And, like, the way she said these two things was so cunty, though. Like, I mean, I'm sure I didn't look like much, but, like, that's not the fucking point. What the fuck are you doing? It comes sweetened. It comes sweetened unless you tell us otherwise. Like... And like I honestly just thought about going, I tell you what, shove your fucking coffees up your arse and storming out. Because like, you know, I'll throw my toys out of the cot in public or, you know, at a beloved family member if and if the time fucking comes and, you know, it's right before I get a cup of coffee. That's probably not fucking helping either. So got the coffees anyway and I'm so sure that they were fucking wrong. But it's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? It comes sweetened. Right. Great. 
Like, do you think you're helping, but you're not. You're an arsehole. And then it comes sweeten unless you tell us otherwise. Well, here's what I'll fucking tell you otherwise. Go and fucking fuck yourself. Go and wait for my girlfriend to finish up in the bathroom. Let yourself in there and fucking fuck yourself, you fat fucking cunt. I couldn't believe it. I am, like, this woman wasn't even trying. And she just oozed cuntness from every single fucking poor, 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 poor. Fucking fucking got too mad to speak there. Anyway. Just like, you know, if people are going to be out there serving fucking Starbucks coffee, like there's no need to be fucking cunts about it. Do you think I fucking feel good about being in this fucking mega corporation that undoubtedly exploits people? No. But it's what we'll fucking need to get through the fucking day. So just shut the fuck up and let me order. It comes sweet. Well, like, look at the fucking size of me. Do you think I'm a fucking stranger to a few sugars in my coffee? Jesus Christ. And gave the wee girl no training, right? Now I'll fucking Karen back, okay? Because if I had to review this cunt, I'd be like, offered the staff member in training absolutely no help whatsoever. Was too busy being a fucking bitch to me to even worry about training the young daughter who clearly needed the fucking help because somebody ordered a nice coffee and she asked them what type of coffee they wanted. When you only have one kind. So... There we go. That's just that. It was just totally fucking vexing. I sit in the house all the time doing nothing. I don't see people anymore. I'm not social. And I have to go halfway up the fucking world and give fucking lectures to people. Anyway, I just, I bit my tongue down and left it. But they still got the fucking shit wrong. I'm 90% sure. But then I have no idea. Because I was genuinely, genuinely just not trying to fucking just walk out. like Because I could have just been like, shut the fuck up. But like getting into those situations probably probably not the smartest idea, but people are fucking vexing sometimes. So after all of that, what I actually wanted to do was have a proper good crack conversation here. Oh, but before we move on to that, actually I did send my girlfriend a voice message when I was in the full throes of being angry at this cunt to explain why she had the wrong coffee when she was coming out and I had to drive for fucking four hours. Um so I'll see if I see <laughs> see if I can get that cut in here. I'm sure that that would be illuminating for you. As long as there's nothing lovey-dovey at the end. Because that would be embarrassing as. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Good crack conversation time on Punkadelic Podcast. Let's fucking go. Here's the thing. I'm your fucking host here. You know me. I am a man of a certain fucking size. And that means I have knowledge of some things. And it's time to fucking share that. So let's talk about what makes the ultimate burger. Right? I've had some fucking good ones in my day. I'd love to be someone fancy that's like, oh, no, I fucking like ceviche. Or it's like, oh, no, I really, really like a fucking Chateaubriand. Or it's just like, look, at the end of the day, I am who I am. There's too much nostalgia and shit wrapped up in fucking burgers for me. It is what it is. It's one of the finest meals a fucking man can have. But there's a lot of fucking bollocks surrounding it. And every fucking year we stray further from fucking God on this shit. So it's time to sort out. Let's get back to fucking basics here. What creates the best fucking burger? Now, we can talk about fancy shit along the way here. We can talk fancy shit. I'll fucking talk fancy shit all day when it comes to the fucking kitchen. But to baseline this conversation, what we're mainly going to be talking about here is how to make the perfect bacon cheeseburger. Okay? So we're going to go through the various elements that go into this. And then we're going to talk about... Now, Christ knows what we're going to talk about all over here. But this is simply it. There's just a... There's just a wide, wide, wide range of opinions on how to do it, how to do it wrong, how to do it badly, how to do it on a barbecue, all of this. There's a whole lot of mystique behind it. There's shows about it. 
there's a uh, umpteen restaurants devoted to it and then some restaurants see it, see it as an afterthought for me it's been something to perfect at home all right so i do love going to get one out but you're not in control of all the elements out there and given you know let's say you maybe want to have four five six seven elements all going into your burger so trying to find it trying to find the one that perfectly matches what you want to have going on can be fucking difficult so where i want to start off with is the meat okay this is it so throughout this you'll just get little fucking recipes and tips and bits and bobs from me about how i do it so you can take these and adapt these into your own life or not they're not going to be fucking poncy what i'm talking about here is a wcb a working class burger okay that is what i think i will nickname this thing so straight up what i'm talking about is a packet a pound of fucking beef from the supermarket no more no less take it home split it into four it's either two nights for you and your partner burger each night or it's fucking burgers for four people if you're having mates over no more no less if you need uh, if you need to make more burgers then you need to get more beef don't be trying to make five out of a pound okay nobody ever paid cash money for a fifth a pounder are you fucking mental <laughs> a fifth a pounder bye oh christ that was good fucking made myself laugh there a fifth a pounder fucking get the jail check the computer so i'm not a man for like grinding my own chuck or anything like that i'm sure that's brilliant i'm sure there's any end of knob ends out there lined up to tell you you need a fucking 70 30 split meat and fat here's what i'm fucking telling you if you can't perfect the fucking burger with the supermarket beef why would you ever try and play in the big leagues like that what the who the fuck are you <laughs> so that's it all right now what are we adding to the meat what what are we doing to the meat before we're getting near to the pan i think i might have to turn off the music in my ears here because i'm actually getting passionate here how about we compromise and i'll turn it down so we're going to get our pound of beef we're going to put it all into a bowl and we're going to start to combine it with our hands we're going to push things through we don't want to see any grains but nor do we want to fucking pulverize this meat okay so it's about finding a middle ground there when we have it sort of combined what we want to do is then we want to form it into patties all right two schools of thought and two schools of thought only okay you take your quarter pound and you can flatten it out however you like you can roll it into a ball put a piece of parchment paper over it and just hand smash you can use a press you can use whatever heavy object you have around what i think would possibly be a really 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 good addition and we'll come back to this later is a builder's trowel so consider investing in one of those for the kitchen maybe a small one that's going to fit inside your cast iron pan go as crazy as you want shaping it up but two schools of thought are quarter pound shaped into a patty by hand okay that can be done by hand that's totally possible you don't need gadgets okay or split in two and parchment paper down onto a flat surface until they're super 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 flat so they almost have to be scraped off with a thin spatula and that's smash burgers smash burgers are very 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 trendy right now and there is a time and a place for them if you feel like doing it go for it i'm just a more a fan of the fat boy and um i just think that there's a we'll get more of like the juiciness there and we stay and give ourselves the option 
to cook this bad boy a little bit under and just be really, really, really fucking rude. Now, uh, don't fucking go at me for saying cook it a little bit under. Listen, take your own life in your own fucking hands. Listen, if you're taking cooking advice from a podcast, you can't even see. You don't even know that I'm fucking naked in here because I can't have the fucking air conditioner on because it's fucking way too loud, but it is fucking sweltering in Vancouver. You don't know shit, all right? I'm telling you how to make the perfect burger, okay? And if you think you do, do a thought experiment with me here. Assume you don't and go with and see if we don't come up with a tasty burger. So, next thing's fucking next. Once they're formed in the patties, if we're going smashies or we're going fat boys, either way, this is the time we're going to hit the top of them with a little bit of salt. Now, you can do whatever you want here, but it sort of has to spread out, so... Maybe not rocks of sea salt or use sea salt from a grinder. Make sure it's being ground or just get your regular old table salt and fuck that all over. Don't have to go insane, but it can take it. So sort of just look at your general health and then make an estimation from there. Have a good look in a mirror and then sort of go, should I? And then you'll know, you'll know. Okay, and then it's crucial. We want to have two to five minutes here okay look maybe you have time maybe you don't this isn't the be all and end all of tips but if you want your fucking seasoning to work let it sit on top for a hot minute out in the air make sure it's coming then it's also making sure it's at room temperature i guess yes also a good tip going back a step is to have your beef out of the fridge 30 minutes before you want to work with it or, like, adjust that time for however hot the climate is you live in. You know, don't be fucking stupid about it. Do not get food poisoning off the back of Punkadelic Podcast. There is nothing you can take from me, so don't even try and fucking sue. What, you want my dog? You want a fucking ponty dog that eats raw food and has to have fucking expensive surgeries and is very fucking particular about the things he likes? Nah, trust me. You don't want that, bruh. So... Now, I guess we can talk about the cooking of these patties now that we've formed them to perfection. Here's the thing as well. Look, if you want to go mental, adding things in and all, go nuts. If you think you need eggs in your beef as a binder, you don't. Okay? Um, like, like, I'm a cowboy about it, right? I'm a cavalier about it. If you want to make sure it binds together really, really, really properly, you'll add some salt while it's still just one giant clump and you work it with your hands. But I'm telling you now, it's possible to do without all that salt and still get the most awesome fucking burger ever. Now, going into a burger, like whatever. If you want to put Parmesan cheese in there, go for it. Can you swear to me that it, it you can taste the Parmesan and it's like, like I mean, you, I just think it takes a lot to overpower the flavor of beef. So, um, you know, things do complement it. Uh, pepper, although we should always pepper your burgers at the end and we'll get to that. Garlic, I guess onions in the mix um i'm not really i'm not i'm not doing any of those things on a regular basis i'm going to be honest with you i sometimes try out i got the bob's burgers burger book for christmas so sometimes those recipes dictate that instead of seasoning you put interesting things in there like um eh, i'll talk about it in best burger i'll talk about it later on but some interesting ones for me it's just for the birds though like i mean we're making sausages at a certain point. Like, I watched that cunt Brad from Bon Appetit making fucking burgers just as a bit of research earlier this afternoon. 
and the dude was it was like venison and it, was, like, like it had kimchi in it and i was just like suck the back of my balls bob marley what is this like this is an x burger this used to be a burger this is a burger's fucking 15th inbred cousin i don't even get me started on impossible stuff i can't believe they made the impossible possible because what could that be it's better just not to speculate so now that our patties are perfectly formed, we're going to cook these bad boys up. Here's how you fucking cook burgers. You get a cast iron pan. You spend the 20 bucks on it. You don't get scared by the fact that every hipster in the world has a 10 minute video on YouTube about how you look after it. Okay. If you use it regularly, there's no looking after in it. Okay. Season it once at the start. Give it a wash every so often and re-season it. If you need to feel that good about yourself or just use it every fucking day. Honestly, it's the best 20 bucks I have ever spent in the fucking kitchen. And I will fucking live and die on this hill. Please just let me cut through all the bullshit about cast iron pans for you. It's totally worth it. You don't understand the difference until you fucking get one and have a burger of it. It creates a fucking crust on things like you do not fucking understand. It cooks burgers and steaks and chicken breasts to beat the fucking ban. Okay? Where does Beat the Band come from? That is, I've been saying that a lot on this podcast recently. And I don't know where that reference comes from. Anyway. So, cast iron pans totally worth the loot. Okay, I got a 10 inch one for 20 bucks over here. So, they're out there. You know, don't think you need a vintage one. Don't go, get, get an 8 incher and cook your burgers one at a time for a while if you want. But please, please dip your toes in. And don't be getting a griddle or anything. Do not get cast iron griddle shit, okay? We want to have flat contact. Think about every episode of man versus food you've ever seen where do they cook the burgers and all of those fucking greasy spoon diners on the fucking flat top always the flat top we want every single square fucking inch every inch of every square inch if that makes sense of the surface to touch this fucking surface and create the fucking crust for us okay so in that spirit what we're going to do is we're going to have our cast iron it's going to be seasoned we're going to put it on there we're going to add in our cooking fucking medium which whatever you want okay if you have fucking bacon fat lying around go fucking in seeing duck fat goose fat any of that obviously animal fats would be amazing but i'm here to tell you you can do this shit with olive oil okay and you can do it with extra virgin olive oil i do it all the time yes there's a little bit of a worry that you're going to get to a certain temperature where it's going to start smoking but usually on a stove top not really more likely in an oven so uh, you know do what you want if you want to have a base of olive oil and then go butter like go nuts here do you but i'm here to tell you it can be done with the basics okay and i told you i wasn't here to get fucking poncy and i'm not i am not so olive oil get it ripping hot i want the fucking pan at fucking six o'clock on the dial okay at least halfway up right raging and then we're going to put them down and we're going to smash them down and we're going to push out the edges a little bit more with the fucking spatula now get as heavy of a fucking spatula as you can plastic is not fucking good enough you'll at least need fucking wood here preferably fucking metal um and someday i'd love to invest in this tool called the smashula which you can they're like they call they're, they're numbered like there's only like 400 of them in the world so far and they laser engrave your name on it and the number of smashula you have and it's like a fucking it's like a, a spatula but the end of the spatula is like a pound weight so it's like fucking proper smashes those fucking cunts down there gets every inch in fucking contact with the cooking medium that's what i'm fucking talking about bing bang boom that's it then we're leaving it there we're leaving it there 
we're leaving it there. We're leaving it there. Can I understand? Can I underline this enough for you? We're leaving it until we're about to shit ourselves that it's burning. Then we're flipping. Then we're flipping, right? That's when we're flipping because we want we want crisp, we want crunch. Okay, there's gonna be texture to this burger that you will not believe. And if you've made fat boys, and you know, here's between you and me as well. If you've taken your pound of beef and made it a little bit bigger than a quarter pound, right? If you're looking more along the lines of a third of pounder, super crust, then flip. Okay, so also one step I didn't actually mention there is as soon as you make the contact and you get everything smashed down and you're ready to let it ride for a minute, then we're seasoning the other side with salt at this point and then that's when it gets it its couple of minutes to season that side. Okay, this is going to help this crust develop too, so please don't forget about it. Crust is the star of the show. The star of the show. And it's more important, if we cook the pink out of the middle, then, I mean, brilliant. If there's a chance to leave a little bit there, cool. But it's more important to get heavily crusted on each side so experiment with your technique of getting your fucking burger on there getting it down flat and smashing out the edges so it's like stretches out so it's like you're spreading it like i'm trying to make like you're trying to make a fucking paste out of it right i'm telling you you're trying to spread those edges out as thin as possible to get those little bits of nottingham lace on the outside that little i don't know how do i make fucking crunchy noises with my mouth that's what i'm fucking talking about so down let it fucking ride until you're shit, about to shit yourself that it's going to burn. Because, you know, you're probably about a minute ahead of where it needs to be. And then have a look. If it's not very brown and crunchy, don't flip it. Let it have its time. Then go, then go over. Because then at that stage you can start to let cheese melt. Put a heap, a heap and teaspoon of caramelized onions on top and start to let cheese melt. Or whatever we have to do that the rest of our recipe. That the rest of our recipe. Recipe, where am I? Recipe demands. Okay, so lads, I know you just didn't know you were all about to get an education tonight, but here's what it fucking is. This is my favorite food. I have strong fucking views on it. I've heard podcasts about more fucking bullshit than this in my time. I've heard fucking Joe Rogan talking some burst shite lately, so let's fucking get in this. This is the important thing that fucking affects the man in the street. How to make the fucking perfect burger. Like, if you're out there, you're a single young man, you fucking want to admit to a girl you don't know how to fucking cook the perfect burger. What are you doing? She may as well download Grinder. Alright, let's talk buns. And I'm calling them buns because I live in Canada now and I'm throwing out a homage to my new adopted country. Obviously back home, what are we talking about? We're talking about baps. Well, they're buns, it's the bread. Now, strong views here also. <laughs> might not be surprised to learn. Very, very strong views. Okay, so the best is a brioche. I think that's pretty much just been established by now. Brioche is essentially a stick of butter with a little bit of flour flicked at it, and it's just the most beautiful bread you can get. It's wild. You couldn't be eating it all the time. It simply would kill you. Your heart would stop. But if you're only having brioche when you're having burgers, then that's pretty fucking sick. So, now, I hold incredibly strong views on the addition of sesame seeds. I think sesame seeds are get the fuck out of here, right? I would even go so far as to say that in thinking about this, I'm actually blown away that I've never thought to make my own toasted sesame seed buns. So toast them up first, get them where they need to go, and then apply them to the buns. But that is a lot of work in fairness when you can buy brioche with sesame already over here. Now, previously I've been a man that's been known to get a bun uncut, unsliced, put it in the oven, get a little bit of crisp around the outside. Not crazy, not craziness. 
just a little slight crunch, all right? A little toasting. Then cut open so we have a soft inside. So whatever way you feel about bun toasting, I am totally cool with. That's how I used to be. Where I am now is with the cast iron pan, with, um, and we'll talk about bacon as one of the elements next. So say we've cooked off our beef and we've cooked off our bacon. There's olive oil in there, there's butter, maybe there's, like, who knows what's in there, right? But what's definitely in there right now is fucking flavour, okay? And again, this is advice from your fat comp mate, okay? You can take it from me that I know about fucking flavour and I don't have the concerns about my health. So let's get this involved. Let's get this fucking flavour back involved with our meal. Get that back on to the lowest heat possible. Have that down as soon as the burgers are off. Get that down to 11.55 on the dial, all right? If your oven's like mine, that's great. I don't know, but as low as literally possible as your ring can go. Have that there. Get the buns on. We want a crunchy surface, but we don't want to deliver too much heat throughout the rest of the bun. We want everything else to remain pillowy and soft so we can smash it up in our hands. But I want to give ourselves a little bit of a surface here because then when we're, when we're going for the final bite through, we're going to come... So think about the top of the teeth, the bottom of the teeth. We're going to both come through soft bun and then we're going to hit the crunchy layer of the bun. We're going to hit our bacon on top. So there's going to be crunch there as well. And then we're finally going to be hitting the crunch of that fucking patty, which we fucking worked super hard to develop a super hard crust on. You know what I'm saying? You think I haven't thought this shit through? You think of this as a half-thrown-together fucking bit for this podcast tonight? Absolutely fucking not. So sesame seeds are go fuck your mother, basically. One of the important elements of a burger is cheese. It would probably be pretty cool without it. But what does cheese not improve? So I'm not going to be mad whatever whatever cheese you want to put on. From that Bob's Burgers book, I've seen me using brie on a burger. I've seen Gruyere going on there. Um, for me, the very, very, very best is... Uh, sliced okay yes sliced like a white person barbecue but just for handiness okay just straight up that is sheer laziness sliced cheddar as mature as your mother's you know what uh like stinking pongy fucking kicking out of it so that's apex for me but i feel like there's people are either in the old cheddar camp or they're in the like american melty cheese camp so there would be no judgment from me here either way. But I think sliced over grated because like, if you're grating a fresh block of cheddar, like you're eating half of that before any of it gets on a burger. Like While the burgers are cooking, you're just got raisin there, like no doubt. So watch yourself, you've been warned. A smoked cheese is a nice element to bring in here. A smoked Gouda, a smoked Gruyere. That's fucking, that's living though. And then... One of the coolest things that I discovered was from the Bob's Burgers Burger Book. And I'll tell you guys exactly how to do this. So, it's make a blue cheese sauce. And it just, it's so thick and fucking, it's like putting a pillow on top of your burger. It really, really is fucking quality. And it could not be any simpler, okay? Come with me here. Get your smallest saucepan, put a knob of butter in it finely dice a quarter of an onion or less right the less onion you use here the better trust me on this one or if you like the texture of onions fucking go nuts actually make them coarse do whatever you want so as much or as little onion as you want but use a little bit don't be scared of it come on son it'll put hers on your chest i promise you so 
let that get soft in the butter in a small saucepan. Let that get soft. Then we're going to go in with a teaspoon, sorry, a tablespoon, a tablespoon of all-purpose flour. And we're going to fucking mix this up and uh, not let it burn. Let it move around. Maybe let it get a little dark if we're a chefy and we'll know what we're doing in terms of making a roux. But if we're full-blown idiots, let's just get that mixed up where it starts to clump up. And then let's put in a splash of milk and mix everything around until that thins back out. So the clumps thin back out, make a nice thick liquid, adding more milk, stirring it up, stirring it up, getting it, and then adding all of our blue cheese. So that just melts. And then right before the burgers are going out, putting that all over the top of the patty and then putting the crown of the fucking bun on. Oh yeah, we're talking technical terms here tonight. Do you know the top of a burger bun is called the crown and the bottom is called the heel? Fuck yeah, I be fucking learning you lot. So there's a recipe for you. That's the beat the fucking band. The book also stipulates that you should add then some uh, buffalo sauce on top of that. So like Frank's wing sauce. to um, So there's like acidity in that which cuts across the richness of the blue cheese sauce. So that is a fucking winning combination. But the blue cheese just by itself was worth mentioning. The combination's great. But the blue cheese sauce is a fucking winner. Try that one out. Seriously. Best photos to at Punkadelic Podcast on Instagram. Okay, let's talk bacon. So, in terms of putting bacon on a burger, like, I mean, it's just, you know, 2 plus 2 is 4. I don't know about maybe going crazy with bacon. But, however, what I think is the perfect amount of bacon for a burger is whatever Wendy's puts on a Baconator. Because that is straight up delicious. That is... I would say that's the most delicious, like, if I want to make this a more general discussion just about burgers, like, the Wendy's Baconator has to be the most delicious trash fast food burger in Canada. You know, like, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't even thank someone for a McDonald's burger. I don't consider that, I don't consider that a burger at all, at any rate, but the Wendy's Baconator is a fine example of it. We have a spot here called Triple O's, which is pretty good too, and uh, A&W, so we're not too badly stuck over here. Don't worry about me. But bacon, yeah, it just needs to be basically two strips, either broken up and put on so they're half strips so they all fit, or dropped on, you can sort of drop it onto the pan in such a way that it makes like a triangle, and then that just fits on top of the burger perfectly, so you could do one whole strip. Now, not to con- not to fucking contradict myself, but one thing that I will accept going into the actual meat patties themselves is a little bit of uh, bacon. You say, let's say... Let's say there's only one slice of bacon left in the house and you're not going to put a half a slice on each burger. That's miserable. But you want to get it divvied up properly and you want a little bit of bacon infused throughout the burgers and you also want a little bit of bacon fat going into the pan so you can toast your fucking buns off nicely. Sliver it. Take the strips. Sliver them down so they're as small as fucking possible. Get little slivers and put those directly into the patties and uh, cook those up that way. And that I will accept. Alright, so wanted to briefly touch on another element that's pretty key to some people's burger experience. Not absolutely the be-all and end-all for me, but, uh, you know, I ain't weird and fat and hate vegetables. But onions, trying to get around to them more and more in later life, okay? Onion rings, whatever, you're not making those at home. And, what do you, you, you know, you're not going to deep-fry the ones that you get out of the freezer, so they're not going to be really that good, whatever way you slice it at home. So, don't want to hear about it out. Like, if you're out and you're ordering them on a burger, sure, fine, a fine, uh, a fine addition to a burger. Basically, basically, the bacon, the bacon cheese's best friend is an onion ring, but you don't always get it. So, 
we're not going to worry about it at home. Like I'm telling you guys how to make the ultimate burger, the most punkadelic burger of all time, the working class burger. Excuse me, I forgot I'd already named this. Damn, I also still have Corrosion of Conformity absolutely rocking out in my ears. I started this album again. What's this song called? Painted Smiling Faces. Good Lord. I recommended this album to you guys a couple of weeks ago, and I'm still listening to it. You know, but I like, I believe in my own bullshit if nobody else does. Where were we? Onions. All right. Caramelized is the only way I will accept them. Okay, I want them cooked super low in a pan with butter for as low a heat as possible as long as possible if i'm not keto i'm adding brown sugar if i am i'll do without maybe i'll add a little bit of a coffee syrup that we have lying around just to get a crack of sweetness in there and um, but just as long and as low as possible but not as far as you start to make them crispy you know you've gone too far at that point so it's a fine game I don't know if a regular saucepan or a cast iron is better there. That's going to be on you. But I do know that after you finally dice an onion, get it into a, a pan full of olive oil or butter, excuse me, melted butter, um, and you start to add seasoning. You can go hog wild there. You can add paprika. You can add garlic. You can add whatever's in your burger. If you're a guy that likes to put things in your burger patty, go insane. But... Um, caramelized onions all i'll accept people that want pickles and fucking raw like raw onions on a burger what are you doing you fucking animal i don't know it's just it's not for me i know a lot of people do it and what i think is interesting what i would like to try is the ultra thin slivered onions like um like are sliced on the lowest setting of a mandolin and then you often see is it the oklahoma burger they call this where a heap and pile of those is a uh, so the burger gets put down onto the the pan and then a heaping pile of those is put on top and then when it's flipped it's pushed right down into that pile and they cook for the last two minutes but they're so thin um so i don't know how that would really be i feel like there'd still be a bunch of raw texture there but maybe there'd be such a range of textures that it was kind of nice hmm. uh, crispy tobacco onions will also be accepted here as a fantastic addition to absolutely any meal anywhere ever I guess the apex of that, but we're not about Ponzi burgers here. But if we were, we would say probably deep fried shallots. But we will absolutely make do with the French's that comes out of a tub that you buy in the supermarket as tobacco onions. Or we're making our own caramelizers. We're making our own caramelized. And the way we're serving caramelized is after we flip our burgers on the pan, we're putting the pre-prepared caramelized uh, spoonful on top right away and then covering with our cheese slice. And if you want to go absolutely wild at that point, then you can cover the cast iron pan, take it off the heat and cover it in tinfoil. Give it a little tinfoil hood so that the cheese absolutely melts. <sighs> I'm exhausted. I am fucking wrecked. I feel like I have run a marathon trying to get across everything that I know about burgers. And I, I don't even feel like I'm finished, you know. But like, as I say, as your fat cunt, mate, like I, this is the sort of knowledge that I have feel like. Maybe you can tell me about like sports drinks and protein powders, but like, It'll probably go in one ear and out the other. I know you want to come down here and wallow in my fucking filth sometimes. So, um, yeah, so just best burgers I've ever had. All right, let's fucking talk. Hands down, without a shadow of a doubt, the fucking weekend of my 28th birthday, I went to Madrid. I went to see two fucking Metallica concerts. And on the Sunday, I got the best burger of my entire life. It was fucking crazy. Now, I know I said I'm not a man for a poncy one, but 
when I'm presented with the option, okay, in Steak Burger Atocha Madrid, okay, so please feel free to go look it up. Atocha, A-T-C-H-O-A. At, oh, shit, did I spell that right? I'm stoned. A-T-O-C-H-A. Yeah, Atocha. And the first thing you got to do when you look at their menu is decide if you want ox or regular beef. So, like, Sharon Daly didn't raise a fucking fool. Of course I'm going to try fucking ox. And then they're like, it can't, how do you want it cooked? And I'm like, what are my options? And they're like, whatever way you want. So I'm like, right, still fucking moving. Rur, like, I mean. And they're like, what do you want on it? And I was like, hmm, it sounds pretty good. So I'll just go with cheese and we'll see from there. Dude, when it came out, I couldn't even put ketchup on it. And I was possibly a little bit annoyed that I put cheese on it. It was insane. It was a smooth bun. No sesame seeds, but whatever. No onions, no bacon, no fucking around. I was just tasting this fucking meat and it was bananas. It was so good. There was blood everywhere. Like I fucking practically talked to this ox, but still. Hands down, best ever. Never forget it. Had some fucking great contenders over here. The poorhouse in Gastown will let you add foie gras to your burger. That's nuts. I've never done that, but they're regular um burgers are of such good quality that i nearly think it would be too much they are also guys i loved when i went there they ask you um they don't ask you how you want your burger cooked they say that they cook all their burgers to uh, a nice medium so you get it with a little bit of pink in the middle it's fucking unreal there's a place here called Downlow burgers which uh, will famously serve their burgers with slab pork belly which is awesome so maybe we should have discussed that when we we're talking about the bacon on a burger right only other acceptable option for getting pork on there is um, to slow cook some pieces of pork belly, then slice that, and then put small chunks on the cast iron pan to crisp them up, and then add those to the top of the cheese slice after you flip your patty while it's still in the pan so that it adheres with the cheese. It doesn't just slide all over the show. And that, boys and girls, is fucking living. That's his poncy. That's as poncy as I'll get. Like, we've done that maybe twice so far this year here in the house. And, uh, yeah, pretty fucking good, i got to be honest with you. You want to get that into a slow cooker with a little bit of pork stock, just just coming up to about halfway up the pieces of pork belly that you have in there. You don't want to get those seasoned up with paprika beforehand. Maybe you want to add a little bit of garlic to the stock just to get an extra bit of flavor in there. I don't know what you want to do. You want to go spicy. Put fucking chilies in there. Go insane. Soy. Whatever. Ginger. All right. Now you're starting to lose me. But you do fucking you, okay? Think, ask yourself this. What does the working class burger mean to me? Wrap it up in your own nostalgia. How did your fucking ma used to make you burgers? Did your granny take you for burgers ever? Your granda? I don't know. It was big in our house. As a child, cutting them into quarters was huge for me. As an adult... Still a huge fan of the cut in half so that we can try different condiment combinations. And when it comes to condiments, like, I can go for days. Like, ketchup and mustard, love it. Mayonnaise, love it. Any combination of the above, love it. Used to make my own burger sauce, which was sour cream if you're being fancy. Mayonnaise if it's a fucking weekday. Um, equal amounts of mayonnaise and mustard. Add paprika, add a dash of hot sauce. If you have Worcestershire sauce in the, go for it. Um... 
maybe if you want to add garlic add garlic not necessary finish off with a small twist a small pinch of salt and a significant number of cracks of black pepper oh my god we didn't talk pepper but excuse me boys and girls the most one of the more important things here as well is after the burger flip we're going to pepper that side up then add our caramelized onions then our slice okay because we're never peppering anything beforehand pepper burns on a pan at the temperatures that beef cooks at we always want to add beef afterwards also then once we get it all off afterwards um, and off to the side and onto a board maybe just hit the whole thing with a little bit more pepper you are never going to regret adding pepper to a really good beef burger never ever all right some cracking burger chefs you need to check out on youtube george motes who calls himself the hamburger scholar and does go around trying out all these different methods fantastic also look at epicurious's channel their four levels video and also their chef swap video where somebody made a burger for 15 dollars 15 dollar ingredients with an expensive method and the other guy makes like a 265 anyway you just got to go and work out what that show is joshua weissman i'm sure has some good ones ethan slabowski i'm sure but really for me the apex burger on youtube was uh actually you know what i'll throw in an honorable mention here jamie oliver's insanity burger is a good one because he brushes his with a honey mustard crust before cooking which is pretty fucking sick do that if you so wish but maddie matheson's original burger recipe is the first video he ever made for vice so simple that's where i learned it's about simplicity get the fucking beef a little bit of salt cook it right and don't fuck about basically is it okay like what the fuck do i need to fucking hold your hand any fucking further than this that's it stop putting fucking shit in there there's no need for it there's no need for breadcrumbs don't even put i don't even want to hear about an egg going in there all right unless you want to come at me and tell me you're putting a duck egg in there then maybe we could talk business but again i said we're not about fucking ponciness here so matty matheson's first video is awesome and his second burger video for vice he showed you how to make the parts and labor burger which was his restaurant which Looks a little bit messy for my tastes. However, the recipe that he gives in there as a condiment is bacon onion jam, which you gotta make at least once in your life. It is fucking beaut. I don't even think I've gotten it right yet, but I am striving for that all the fucking time. Actually, it's been way too long. I am making that shit as ASAP as possible. Holy fuck, I was fired up to shout about burgers there. That is absolutely what I am talking about. Punkadelic food at its finest. The working class burger boys and girls. As I say, you all have my permission to go and be fat fucks this weekend and eat burgers. Send pictures to at Punkadelic Podcast on Instagram. Let's fucking talk about this. If you agree or disagree, like I was laying it down there. I don't even know. Like, like Honest to God, if they ever find me dead with a bullet in my head somewhere, I'll probably be clutching that speech typed out with manifesto written on the front of it so just i don't know let me know what you think of that i guess if you if you want to go back and forth on certain points with me what am i getting wrong if there's something like i'm missing or you know it's entirely possible i left something out there altogether. but um i thought that that was pretty comprehensive like i mean here were the headings that i went through meat cooking buns cheese bacon onions best burgers ever burger chefs on youtube like you know what i mean I do put the notes together for this show. I mean, I bounce, like they're small notes, but I bounce all over the show from them. So that's fucking it. All right, Paulo Costa 
Talking all that shit last week, talking about needing more money, and I just love how much of a gangster Dana White is sometimes. This is listen to how strongly worded this is. Guess what? You should have started a YouTube channel when you were fucking thirteen years old and built your name up and everything else, but you didn't. You're not a fucking YouTuber, you're a fighter, and this is what you do for a living, and you're in no position to be talking about crazy money after your last performance. You either wanna fight or you don't wanna fight. You know, Dana, these questions are going to come up about these fighters getting paid. If Logan Paul's making $20 million to get carried around the ring by Floyd Mayweather, then they have every right to be asking questions, okay? I think fighters should get paid more. It's not coming out of my pocket, I guess, but um, that's just such a strongly worded statement for a fucking billionaire head of a company to be like, you should have started a YouTube channel when you were fucking 13 years old. Just fucking brilliant, you know? And Paulo Costa, what a fucking idiot. I think Izzy's about to clown fucking Vittori in a worse way. Please do check out my UFC preview I uploaded yesterday as a bonus episode if you get a chance before Saturday. I'm not sure you'll be hearing this one, but um, certainly should get you pumped a lot more so than the worst UFC press conference I have ever seen in my life. That was a fucking shit show. Marvin Vittori is a balloon and he needs to be popped. It looks like he's got roid rage. He looked drunk. It was like, what the fuck are you doing, pal? And it's just a rough one, like, he just doesn't seem like the sharpest tool in the shade, and if that big idiot beats up my favourite fighter, I am going to go fucking crazy, however, I will console myself, by, in the knowledge of, if Vittori beats Adesanya, let's just, let's say it happens, right, how badly do you think Bobby Knuckles would beat up Marvin Vittori, it would be fucking biblical, so I don't think there's a bad outcome there, um, Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so for that UFC press conference where you have Leon Edwards and his dumb, stupid, squeaky, quiet voice, they never get the sound right. How is the sound always fucked in these press conferences? Like, how have they not worked this out yet? So, who is it? It's Edwards, Figueredo, doesn't speak English, Adesanya, best speaker in the game, Vittori, drunken, slurring, shouting, fucking orc menace, Branton Moreno doesn't speak English and Nate Diaz. So what I was going to do here is, um, please don't cancel me over this, okay? I'm going to quote a movie, just going to use the quote from Dodgeball. It was like watching a bunch of retards trying to hump a doorknob. Okay, moving on. Here is a guy that I can only describe as the absolute antithesis, antithesis of Walloper. So before we move on to Walloper Watch, let's flip the script on Punkadelic Podcast here tonight and actually say something fucking nice for a change. So I read this heartwarming story on The Guardian here today and I thought I'd share it with you all because this guy's a fucking G. Um, nailed it. Man, 82 years of age, builds bench for wife in 30 minutes after council plea ignored. Manuel Soto took matters into his own hands to provide resting place for wife on daily walks in Spanish town. Whatever the rustic bench that sits on the street in northwest Spanish town of Estrada may lack in finish and elegance, it more than makes up for in the devotion that went into its creation. The peeled wooden seat was cobbled together after Manuel Soto, an 82-year-old retired lathe operator, decided to find somewhere for his wife to sit and rest on their daily walks. Maria, who is 79 and has osteoarthritis, walks with a stick and finds her morning exercise increasingly difficult. After efforts to lobby the local council to install benches along their usual route came to nothing, Soto took matters into his own hands and headed to the local DIY shop. The bench took me about a half an hour, he told the newspaper. I got some wood, but I had a saw at home because I still have my workshop. It was just a matter of sawing and kneeling and I finished almost straight away. 
Soto admits the finished product could do with a bit more sanding and some varnishing, but says it's sturdy enough and does the job. A local shop owner gave his permission for Soto to put the bench outside his store and it was installed overnight last week as a surprise for Maria. When she saw it, she was delighted, Soto told the online paper. I got a kiss and a hug. The bench is already proving popular with people in Estrada, but Soto was keen for it to be used by those most in need of it. Hence the message inked in marker pen along the back, Respenten para mayores, be thoughtful for older people. Some people have pointed out that mayores should be spelt mayores, but Soto isn't bothered by the mistake. I didn't go to school, he said. I started working when I was a child and I worked all my life. Just like my wife, the poor thing has never stopped working. Soto jokes that his guerrilla seating efforts could have consequences. If I go to jail, someone will need to bring me tobacco. But so far, the only fallout has been an outpouring of affection and the odd request for a similar bench. A few neighbours have been in touch asking me to make another one, but I've said no. I just made the one and it's just for my wife. Gazer. Let's hope we're all fucking out there sticking it to the fucking man like that when we're all 82 years of age. Anyway, from that to the most negative part of the show, we have some fucking arseholes to talk about tonight on Walloper Watch. They live in your community. Get the fuck out. They comment on your posts. <sighs> Their parents feel them. Fucking disgraceful. They are... Wallopers. Have a fucking word with yourself. Let's rip this shit. Alright everybody, you are very welcome back to Punkadelic Podcast. It is time for the best segment in podcasting, Walloper Watch. It's the part of the show where we sit down and we despair of the stupid things that people write online. We're not here to expose haters or people that are getting involved in like political back and forths, you know. Nothing that's just par for the course these days. Although walloping is par for the course also, but just saying we're not looking for the outright hatred of most comment sections. We're we're looking for something a little more insidious here. It's where people have a sense of satisfaction that their comment has helped someone or something or educated someone. So just the worst type of people. And this is where they wind up when they're out there doing this. Walloping. So straight off the bat what we have here. So Underneath an Instagram post of the new um, Nemesis coffee shop in Vancouver. It's this crazy architecture fucking octopus bean looking thing. So my man here has, so it's a nice post about a cool new coffee shop opening up. And my man here has written underneath, Sounds fantastic! Exclamation mark. Hope it's all wheelchair accessible too. Full stop. It's just like, well how did you lose all of that excitement in that time? Also... I think it's pretty clear from the photo that it is wheelchair accessible. So, again, we have another fucking virtue signaler here adopting an unassailable position. Now, you hope it's wheelchair accessible. Well, that's fucking great. And it is. And I feel like it was, clearly was from the photo. You're a fucking walloper. Your comment has helped absolutely fucking no one. Look at you. You don't even have a profile picture up. You're a fucking walloper. Next up, this was fucking brilliant. This guy's a fucking goon. So, this guy has taken it upon himself to reply to Limmy, the fucking genius Scottish comedian, uh, in quotes, merch. What a fanny. So, Limmy's obviously said something about new merch coming out, and this guy's come back and called him a fanny. So then, Limmy's gone back through his profile and found these two tweets. So, this is what this boy had to say earlier in his life. Forgot I had these. Really need to get a display for my game merch. 
and what it is is three tin lunchboxes branded Skyrim, Fallout and something else from Fallout. Then another tweet from him from years back. Forgot I ordered some Skyrim merch. Good surprise today. Feel like slaying some drogger. Two pictures of his little cute Skyrim t-shirt and fucking beer glass. And it's just like, how are you going to rip on someone for using a fucking phrase that you fucking use? Like, what a fucking walloper in the first instance. And Lemmy's just tweeted both those out with a single word, Fanny. So, I don't know what the hell this guy was thinking. Walloper, that's fucking disgraceful. Have a fucking word with yourself. Felt like slaying some drogger. Fuck off. The worst thing you can do in Skyrim 2. What a fucking ball bag. Oh my good god. So here's this account on Twitter. And this is what they've thought was the most important thing in the world. They had a tweet out at this exact moment. Jane Saki is the best White House press secretary we've had in years. Full stop. Line break. All caps. Fact. Full stop. Wow. Like, how do you have so little going on in your life that you have an opinion on who the best White House press secretary is? What the fuck does a White House press secretary do? Where the fuck have they been for the last fucking four years? Like, where the fuck was... So, I don't know. Like, who was Trump's press secretary? Probably a fucking... God knows. Was that what Kellyanne Conway did? No, I think somehow she managed to be in charge of education, right? Jesus fucking wet. But this guy, Jen Psaki, is the best White House press secretary we've had in years. Fact. Jesus Christ. Here's a fact. You're a fucking walloper. Get in the fucking bin, you goon. Just so pointless. Like, it would have been so much easier to just not tweet that. Who cares? I've cut it off in the screenshot here, but I'm not imagining a lot of fucking uh, engagement there. Although, this guy does have a blue tick, so maybe there's a whole bunch of fucking blue-haired loonies out there that would be like, you know what, bravo, you're so brave. Somebody finally said it. Well done. Jen is the best White House press secretary there's been in years. But again, like, if there were... What are we talking about? Up against Trump's? Sure, they were just fucking lying. If this woman just tells the truth in a basic way, of course she is. But then, in years could mean, yeah, up to five years ago, but then anybody that was under Obama, even six years ago, say, whatever it is, and was competent is going to be utterly incomparable compared to the Trumps. Anyway, it's just a fucking dumpster fire of a tweet. It's pointless. It's just, like, what the fuck? Who, what? I don't get it. Like, okay, what have we got? Oh my God, not this fucking cunt again. Boys, I can't believe, sometimes I just go, <sighs> like, so this woman has featured again and again and again on Walloper Watch. This is this fucking journalist that I just, I'm declaring a holy fucking jihad against because, like, look at this here. This is in the opinion section and subcategory friendship. You're writing an article about friendship now, Emma Beddington, are you? Fucking hell, maybe even if her face was a bit less hateable, but... Anyway, I haven't read this page, so let's. I just thought I'd save it for myself for now, because I don't have enough fun on a Thursday night. Let's go. <clears throat> Socialising is hard again. Socialising again is hard. Okay, sorry, I completely dyslexia that. Socialising again is hard. Just ask the friend whose visit I ruined. Just stunned you have friends. Okay, let's go. I had spent ten months looking forward to our get-together, and I blew it. 
We're all catching up with family and friends, a joyful but also fraught process, judging by the snippets wafting my way from neighbouring gardens and streets. Me too. It had been ten months since I had seen my best friend until she came to stay last week. It was wonderful, but also evidence of how incapable I now am of behaving like a normal human being. Jesus Christ, what happened? Did you serve? Did you not serve with the good china? Gee, what? Good damba. That's what we'll call it in Nura. Firstly, despite being desperate for this moment for months, I got the day wrong. Then, on the right day, I fired off a series of panicky, apologetic messages after getting distracted by a Greek bakery on the way to Collector. On arrival at the station, I got out my phone to find a missed call and multiple messages. Emma, I am still in London. I do not arrive for two hours. Once we were finally reunited, I realised that, despite my, my every free moment over the preceding fortnight considering every possible permutation of food and fun, I had organised nothing. Worse, I had failed to factor in half term, meaning every cafe, bar and tourist attraction in York was seething. We ate Greek pastries uncomfortably on a wall. Oh god, shock, horror, you had to have a fucking nice alfresco lunch. This is what I'm fucking hearing. Sitting on a wall, away from fucking cafes and bars and fucking people. That's fucking bang on. People go hiking for fucking miles over here to get away from people. Just to have a fucking sandwich, you fucking dumb. Oh, Christ almighty. I had organised nothing. Your mates coming over like, fucking what about it? Get blocked. Done. Get blocked. Play a PlayStation. I don't know. Like, you seem like someone that might be a very seriously repressed lesbian. So, let's see. <laughs> Man, that will be some twist. I would take it all back. I would take every word of it back if next week it was Emma Beddington. Sorry for all those other columns. No, she wouldn't even have to apologise. Just say, turns out, I fucking bought for the other team and uh, just been taking it out in the worst ways, writing stupid columns that don't matter. <laughs> anyway, let's fucking go. Listen, don't get me wrong. Like, whatever. Let this woman make her fucking paper. Like, I make podcasts that don't matter who am I to judge, but like, that's just it. Like, who am I to judge? Fuck it. But, uh, judge, we fucking shall. Let's go. The second day, despite our long-nourished fantasy of eating lobster together, I inexplicably drove her for hours through tiny country lanes to look at seabirds from a distance on a wholly lobster-free cliff. So, Christ, her fucking writing pisses me off so much. She bore this with great fortitude until her hay fever became unbearable. Finally, sitting in a stifling car park, as a man in a high-vis tabard shouted repeatedly, Are you leaving? I broke down and cried. I have given you a terrible time. I wept unhelpfully. Yeah, making it all about you. You need to turn this around for your mate here and then you're going to fucking break down. Those puffins are miles away. Yorkshire plants are murdering you. I'm a horrible host. Thankfully, she is a wise and compassionate soul. No, she is probably like just a straight up normal person. None of us are very good with people yet, she reassured me, laughing. It's true. We need to be socialised again, like puppies, calmly, with treats. For the rest of her visit, we stuck to quiet sitting at home. Possibly the one thing we can all still master with confidence. <sighs> That's your fucking concluding statement here. <sighs> oh my god. I don't know, just like, forgive me. Like, I like writers like fucking George R. R. Martin and Stephen King and Chuck Palahniuk and, you know, like, no, no, right now I'm struggling. Fuck you. Frank Herbert, William Gibson and, like, this fucking chewing gum for the eyes just bothers me a little bit. Like, who reads it? What I really, really want is just to fucking 
is for this to just be on oh my god if they go to facebook but like there's no way that they would actually post this onto the guardians facebook would it oh my god there's comments thank you so much for writing this i know exactly how you feel after such a long period of almost total isolation i'm going to visit a friend in two weeks in spite of many phone calls between us i find myself completely unable to plan or remember anything we decide on or make sense of the notes i write at least it's not just me in a previous lifetime an eternity ago i used to be a hugely social person god fucking write your life story underneath a fucking guardian story we all need to be to try to be kind to ourselves and others around us i'm sure many of us have had similar experiences of late there is inevitability to this sort out of practice there is inevitability to this sort of out of practice social ineptitude one can see it both in the one can see it both in the real world and here online where some interactions interactions have come become to say the least clunky as people misunderstand each other with increased frequency or vent pent vent pent their up stresses vent their pent up stresses on others around listen fucking see us later listen i don't understand this woman just better not get paid for writing these columns that's that's the only thing that would really piss me off about that about the whole situation punkadelic podcast is about heavy metal fighting and calling for the head of emma beddington all right here is why print is dead so esquire magazine can't even get online right what fucking hope do they have here i just don't understand this i just it's just it baffling to me that this could be the fucking like who wrote this what's going on do they fundamentally misunderstand because like open a book bro you'll like sorry what it says here is so it's a picture of motley Crue, and the the tagline says the only thing louder than their their music was the band's partying and then so esquire.com and the the headline of the article then is motley Crue's wildest decade was the 1980s here are the photos to prove it yeah no shit sherlock of course the 80s was motley Crue's wildest decade it wasn't the 90s they weren't together in the 70s and i i don't want to hear any fucker come at me with an argument that it was the noughties or the twenties so what what so you could have just written a decent headline saying here's a bang up article with cool photos of motley crew in the 80s but you had to be fucking knob ends about it i hope someone gets fucking shot over this never mind fucking (laughs) never mind stabbed i was gonna say never mind sacked excuse me so like what and the only thing louder than their music was the band's partying so hold on should it not be the only thing louder than the band's music was their partying like there's fucking grammar mistakes and all up in this here esquire.com esquire like how low the mighty have fallen what the fuck expect near expect that shite from the nme but this is fucking madness come on boys wallopers absolute fucking wallopers oh my god yeah i actually didn't really read this one fully through and i'm fucking treading it now so what <laughs> what this next one is is a reply to valerie Lareda's instagram story that's the that that she has then put up onto her story so um valerie Lareda is that young hot mma fighter in bellator uh, 24 years of age and absolutely stonewall gorgeous like but you know people just be writing in bars and shit that are letting themselves down so oh fuck this is gonna do my tits in i can tell a million miles away you want to see the size of this message for a start essay like 
give a girl a break, you know, she's got she's got a fight to prepare for. Oh no, she just got beat up, yeah, fuck's sake. Wolves an undefeated prospect, but the eternal optimist just doesn't is just not allowed to have his fucking cake and eat it. Clarissa Shields no doubt be bothered in her next fight. <laughs> fucking hell. Oh, fish supper wouldn't have a look in. Okay. Oh fuck's sake, here we go. I have to read this out loud now. What the fuck is my life? Fucking I see someone that feeds her emptiness with the sport of fighting and everyone else adds fuel to it. You love this sport. Someone who is determined to get what she wants when she wants it and if it don't go her way then give her space so she can figure out how to get it or what can be done different. I see someone with ambition and someone who is independent. I see someone who is sometimes in pain but when she's happy she hugs anyone because she wants to share the happiness. I see someone who is built tough and someone who God has a purpose for on this very earth. Like, people are fucking wild. Like, if anybody ever wrote anything like that to me, I would fuck, like, that's a restraining order immediately. Like, no questions asked. Like, that's not, that's not like, well, I'll block you on social media now. Like, I need to take real world action, like, and I can't assault you. So, that's just that. But yeah, fuck yeah. Restraining order, best $819 you ever spent. <laughs> I just made that up, but imagine I didn't know how much a restraining order was. Do you think you could just get restraining orders for the crack? Like, like could I get a restraining order against Stephen Nolan just in case? Just in case you see him and try and suck his cock? What? Where was I? Oh, yeah, imagine writing that to someone, like, someone you don't know. Like, someone you don't know personally. Some people were just not raised, right? Like, some people were either bullied too much or not enough, okay? And the not enough, you know, that's maybe one of those guys, you know? Oh, God, here we go. Here's a fucking belter of a walloper right now. So, <clears throat> this is a screenshot I took on Facebook. <clears throat> this pole dancer's issues with TikTok extend beyond just the low payouts for her videos. So... Vice.com, it's impossible to make money pole dancing on TikTok. So the crux of this article is that this fucking rich white bitch who has a PhD in something or other, fucking neuro whatever, I'm not actually really sure. But then she is uh, raging and calling bullshit and suing uh, TikTok because she's on there doing pole dancing videos and they're getting 50,000 views and they're throwing her 10 and 15 bucks at a time for fucking getting hun- like whenever they start to add up in the hundreds of thousands she's getting she's getting favors here and there like so she's going bucked off hitting the fucking roof and I was just like fucking hell I wish I had some people's problems like you know what I'm saying she's then she just turned it into a whole thing about going on about sex workers rights and how they get fucking pushed off every platform and this that and the other and you know it's probably right but like I'm just wondering then like which of it which is it really about like are you are you a sex worker positive fucking believe all women okay maybe actually that's the wrong thing to say are the sex worker positive fucking activist or are you just raging that you're only getting fivers for shaking your arse? Now, listen, daughter, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, I guess. But 
you are dancing on very thin ice here on Walloper Watch. Okay. <laughs> very, very thin ice. Having the article written by Vice doesn't actually help your case one bit. In fact, if anything, the cosmic scales have been tipped. Walloper. Yep. Actually, really comfortable saying it. <laughs> okay, so you know I'll be on The Guardian. I just get my news from The Guardian. I don't know why. Like, it's just because Al Jazeera English is a bit intense. So, otherwise, that's how left-wing I would like to go. <laughs> but uh, the, the Guardian just sometimes has a banger of a science headline just thrown in amongst all the fucking chaos. Like, so, echidnas. Researchers discover why only two heads of its penis become erect at a time. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck are these researchers doing? I can fucking check these boys' computers, okay? Definitely. If anyone that we've fucking talked about on Punkadelic Podcast needs to have their computers checked, it's these boys. Now, you might be fucking very surprised to learn that I actually didn't read this article, but um, I saw something mental on a meme somewhere else later on today which looked like it might have been a five-pronged penis belonging to an echidna. So it was just laughing. So that's out there. If you want to get up and get involved in that, go go with you. You know, you've got my blessing. I, I didn't, but like I'm saying, I thought I came across it then randomly in the wild. So it's out there. Echidna dick. It is fucking on the scene. Pocketalic podcast is about weed, having a laugh, and animals' dicks. <laughs> Oh, fuck. I'll never get one of those to work. I'll never get one of those to stick. There's no way. You either just have an original idea and you work it and it works, or... Fuck. Easier to steal, though, you know what I'm saying? All right, what's this? Oh, this is this fucking fat bitch that hates bees. <laughs> fuck, I wish it was even... I wish it wasn't even that simple, right? So... Overgrown grass in East Vancouver Park meant to attract bees is attracting complaints too, right? There's this fucking white woman standing in the middle of a field where the grass is up to her knees. Resident blames Vancouver Park Board pilot program for garbage and uncooked grass. So, I sort of have to read you this whole article here, but it's worth it, right? Because, um... An East Vancouver resident says she's concerned about garbage and needles and overgrown grass at Phileas Park, part of a new pilot program implemented by the Vancouver Park Board to create meadows to attract more bees. Right? Don't know if you heard, but the bees are big time in trouble and we need to be helping them. Okay, so this is a good thing. This is like one of these things you'd only get in Vancouver, so pretty fucking nice. Uh, Megan, oh, it doesn't matter, I'll not give her name out, has been living near the park for 25 years and has never seen the grass this way. To me and my neighbours in my community, it's just an overgrown mess and now it's a hazard, said Watson. Notice throughout the rest of this article we don't actually hear from any of her neighbours or community. She says the Vancouver Park Board's pilot programme, which calls for less grass cutting and natural landscapes, is to blame. When the project was announced last year, the Park Board said its goal was to attract more bees, butterflies and birds by creating meadows in parks, golf courses and boulevards across the city this year. A recent report provides evidence that intense lawn management practices are responsible for increasing pests and diminishing abundance and diversity of invertebrates and flora, which provide critical nesting habitat and food sources for birds, said Commissioner Dave Demers. 18 city parks are part of the project. Watson said the park has two parts, a baseball diamond and another section where the grass has gone uncut was used by children to play and residents to meditate or practice yoga. It's just sad to see it go downhill. Oh yeah, so she can't go and do her fucking yoga or fucking meditate over there now and she's raging. It's just sad to see it go downhill and to not treasure the green space that we had, she said. So she just thinks that she's more important than bees. 
She's concerned there's more hidden in the tall dry grass than just butterflies and bees. There's everything in there now. It's a garbage dump and some of the residents of this area now they're even parking their cars in the park because they just think it's a dump now. She said she's complained to the park board and some grass was cut but more needs to be done she said. So she's raging that her complaint was only half assed right? I called in regards to needles being in the meadow. Okay well, well why wasn't why didn't we lead with this? This is only fucking this is only coming up now right? Do you see why I'm fucking calling porky pies on this bullshit? Timing of all this is very very interesting. Vancouver Park Board Commissioner John Irwin said specific areas across the city were selected for the pilot project. The rationale is that it cuts back considerably on greenhouse gas emissions, he said. A trail around the perimeter of the long grass has been cut to allow people to pass through the area. Park Board staff is expected to eventually compile a report with data, outcomes and observations from the Meadows pilot. I don't know, I'd be raging if my wee fucking meditating yoga spot, not that I have one, but like, um, if I did and it was taken away... You know, I'd probably be like, yeah, there's junkie stone needles and all in there. But then I'm just like, oh, yeah, if that's what I do, that's what some head case fucking woman with no fucking nothing but time to fucking get involved in this sort of thing. And then uh, do you want to bet that she fucking phoned the papers? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think I'd take the overall on that one. If that's what that means, I've no idea. Okay, so what I have for you next, right, is a meme, but it illustrates sort of, it'll just help you understand, like, what I mean by what a walloper is, and it's sort of anyone that talks like this, okay, or uses words like this, or gets about like this, just someone who this is their whole vibe, right, you ready? I'm wearing wired headphones, not in a broke way, but in a postmodernist, nihilistic man character syndrome, Nietzschean, anti consumerist, looking for Alaska, Ludditeian, Kafka esque, pro doc Martin Ware, anti modernist way. And it's just like, you fucking stink. Like, we've all heard of Nietzsche, but who knows what he was actually on about? Like, come on, who can tell me, right? Who was that then? And then who, what was Rasputin? And then who was the old boy that did all the predicting? Nostradamus. What were they all at? I don't know. I don't claim to. I never will. Not even sure what Sigmund Freud is really all about. Just say Freud and slip a lot. When people say things that you think should embarrass them. It's good comedy in a group situation. Oh, Freudian slip. Oh, everyone laughing. You look like the big man. No idea what it means. Absolutely no idea. Let's Google a Freudian slip here. Don't say I never teach you anything. Are you fucking kidding me? This podcast is has been on fire tonight. Like My voice is starting to go. I've been talking for so long. How long do you think that burger rant was? Is that mental to just fucking talk about burgers for that time and not, <laughs> not mention vegetables once? What are you fucking gay? I'm fucking cooking fucking burgers. I'm not fucking... I'm still picking up twigs in the springtime, if you know what I mean. So uh, here we go, Freudian slip. An unintentional error regarded as revealing subconscious feelings. Yeah, so a great way to rip someone out if you know how to manoeuvre the crack, if you're a wordsmith. Alright, so I was uh, a couple of weeks back, I was going to do a live walloper watch, but I wound up having too much regular walloper watching to do to get round to it. But what I meant by that was it was going to go on, like, live on here. I had a list written out of, like, just places where you just know there's going to be walloping comments. So I thought tonight's was a bit thin, so I just went to, uh, like, you'll, you'll know rightly as soon as I say this. Like, so I went to YouTube and I typed in JRE. And I scrolled through maybe six or seven. And then I found one that said, 
I took DMT and realized we are all Hitler. And I was just like, bingo time. Because <laughs> I'd already heard it and it's unbelievable. Rick Doblin, great episode. Rick Doblin works with maps. The, uh, oh God, I have no idea. But the the last two stand for psychedelic studies. And they're the guys that are getting psychedelic drugs to be studied in proper context and advocating and lobbying, making big things happen. And uh, created that documentary, Fantastic Fungi. <sighs> so anyway, there I am. <clears throat> on youtube go to hitler dmt video and there's just right this comment right you'll have to bear with me on this one a little bit punkadelified it's because just trust me right you might be like no this guy's no listen this guy's not okay trust So this is a reply. I can't remember what the reply comment was. It doesn't matter. Just really hear the detail that this man goes into. Yes, it's a very shattering experience when you first recognize that the same evil that exists in other people also exists in you. The later in life you learn this, the harder it is to take. From what I've seen, people over 30 who haven't learned it almost will never accept it. People consider themselves pure, no more than the image they represent to themselves in the world. Capacity for benevolence and malevolence is in us all, is in all of us. What you, what you don't understand about yourself will end up controlling you. And to some degree, there's always something you don't understand about yourself. Even the Buddha. And it's just like, he was going. Like, bang on. Like, this, that sentence just ran on three words too long. Once you've invoked the Buddha on a YouTube video about Joe Rogan and DMT, you're out. You're absolutely out. Like fucking straight red go home hit the fucking shower sunshine with your fucking youtube profile picture of an owl who even has a youtube profile picture hey just have whatever a big fucking d just hanging up in the corner come on mate what's going on what's happening at home what's not happening at home fucking call the show tell us about it let's get punkadelic about it mate no you're not welcome on the show you're a fucking walloper oh so here we go so just then you know how i like sometimes come across like a subgenre of walloping or like i'll notice a very very distinct trend going on like because now i'm like clued in and looking out for this like when i tell you guys that walloping is almost never in isolation like it's it's just the most bad it's like you just fucking fucking set your watch to that statement you know what i mean so uh, I was looking at a video earlier on, there was an apartment on fire in downtown Vancouver, and it looked fucking bad, so fucking peace, love, and punkadelism to everybody that was fucking involved in that, that looked really bad, I hope nobody was hurt, Um, but anyway, top comment from our man Ron, the same people looking at this are the same people that slow down to see an accident, have you never seen a fire before? Which is just so walloping and conty and just like, how is that your response to this? Just say, oh my god, hope everyone's safe and move on with your life. So I thought to myself, I'll go and I'll have myself a nice little cruise around on young Ron's profile. And you know what I mean, fucking whatever it is, five or six screenshots later, here we are. His bio says that he's all about positivity too, which is the biggest laugh in the world. Because like when you go to his tweets and replies tab, he's written back to a whole bunch of sports stars just going, meh. <laughs> just a fucking rude fat old cunt um, I don't know what he looks like but I'm speculating so 
he uh, so Sports Center were writing about uh, women's basketball, and he's replied to them, "Please stop filling up our feeds with WNBA coverage." Now he's replying to CNN, who've posted an article about Burger King. He said, "Maybe Burger King should worry about the quality of their food." Most of the time, it tastes like it's been heated up in a microwave. <laughs> it's just like, look at this sad old cunt eating fucking Burger King and writing about it on Twitter. <laughs> fucking get a life. What are you doing? Writing back to CNN. Who cares? Who are you? Don't even have yourself in your picture. Like, that's fucking not a great sign if you're trying to defend yourself from being a walloper. Okay, so here's an article about a 16-year-old goalkeeper in hockey. An ice ceiling? Females aren't being kept out of junior hockey because of some conspiracy. It's called biology. On the very rare occasion that a female player is good enough, she'll get an opportunity. Whoa, hand fucking bags. Sounds like somebody's a little bit fucking female themselves. <laughs> PMS in the bed out of it, some fucking 16-year-old. Are you fucking wise, mate? What's this thing about an ice ceiling? Fucking hell, that's hilarious. An ice ceiling was shattered this weekend. So, oh yeah, so it's like a positive thing. And he's fucking... What a fucking dickhead. What a sad old man. Probably had his fingers covered in fucking Burger King grease at the time. I wouldn't be a fan, okay? I would not be a fan. Thought about calling myself XL Bacon Double D at the start of the podcast some week. So, maybe look out for that. But, past that, no. Shite. Okay, so Ron Jones again, who's Canadian. I'm no fan of Governor Cuomo of New York, and I do believe he should probably step down. Okay, But the latest woman that complained that he kissed her on both cheeks without permission in public is going a bit far. Jeez, I am not a kisser, but some people are. So Ron Jones is now in charge of talking of the of drawing a line where women do and don't feel validated. So there you go, ladies. I don't know if he's new about that, but Ron's actually out there letting people know what is and what is isn't okay and you know uh, how you feel about it is no longer important so there you go and he does believe that Como of New York should step down so you know but that's the only time he ever mentions it like he'd be out there because all he does is promote like fucking radio stations talk about radio shows on here it's it's bananas his profile was Lula here is a good one from him I'm one of those Canucks fans that do their best to ignore sports radio and TV after a loss. And it's just like, I bet you he's not. Because all he does is complain about radio shows and promote new ones. And it's just like, radio, what are you doing? And he laments the loss of his favourite one. So I'm just laughing, being like, ha ha ha, fuck you. I'm glad your fucking radio show's finished, you fucking walloper. Stop spreading negativity around the internet. You know, that could be the tagline of Walloper Watch too. Although we're throwing a bit of it about ourselves. Ours is, like, ours is for crack value, like... Like, there's no harm here, whatever, live your life, Wallopers, but fucking hell, your parents definitely, your parents definitely have something to answer for, though, what happened there? Was, was there, was there secondhand smoke in the house? I don't know, I, I don't, I don't know, anyway, so, last Walloper of the fucking week, boys and girls, holy shit, 40 minute Walloper watch, my voice fucking going on all sorts, this is fucking brilliant. What time is it? Is it the fucking hour of the wolf yet or what? Seven minutes. No, it's too fucking cold. I've got to go fucking in here. But anyway, Nate Diaz was smoking dope on stage at the press conference tonight. The worst press conference in UFC history. I'll double down on saying that, but whatever. Um, and uh, Elias Theodoru was supporting him in his in, in Instagram comments under a UFC thing saying, you know, uh, you know, he had a medical exemption for using it in because he lived in Colorado. 
Uh, so this guy was writing underneath that then what do you hear that's just such a pointless comment like what do you think you're achieving by doing this do you think you're affecting massive change here like come on i support your and his right to smoke even before a fight but on his own time what he did was wrong if you get the right to smoke others still get the right to not they get the right to not be around it they get the right to take their kids to a ufc press conference without having to smell it and it's just like you know what I mean? Fucking hell. Like, you know, your kids are going to smell weed someday, pal. Like, you know what I mean? You drink in the house? Do you drink in the house? Well, well, probably smelled it on your breath one or two times, huh? Daddy kissing the kids goodnight with a bit of whiskey on his breath, huh? But you're not out there writing fucking Twitter comments about that. Are you, Marky boy? Nah. Fucking prick. So, what a blockbuster of a week. This is going to be a long one, is it? I'm going to be editing this for about four hours tomorrow. Fuck knows what I'll watch while I'm doing that. Maybe keep going with Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones season 4 was my editing buddy last week. And uh, quite frankly that show's highlight. Just insane. The Arya and the Hound scene in the inn at the end of episode 1. Anything with Prince Oberyn in that fucking uh, in that season. Threatening Tywin to his face when they're standing there alone. The first conversation he has with Tyrion. Underrated but absolutely genius line is the Lannister swordsman. When he says that Oberyn, what's the Dornishman doing in a brothel? Bring him a shave goat and a bottle of olive oil. I came in and out of my accent there. Sorry, lads. It's late. It's fucking late. Um, but look, good crack is always fucking talking shit to you. No joke. I sat for 25 minutes with the thing, thing recording to before this, not knowing what to do, not knowing where to look, hating even the idea of podcasting. I don't know where all of this wound up coming from. What the fuck do we even do tonight? Clarissa Shields, then the burger rant. Fuck, that was biblical. Believe every word. Lettuce not allowed. Tomatoes too wet fuck up the integrity of the pun so no go fried egg get the bus get out of here fuck off <laughs> messiest hands ever like you what jesus christ out of fortune and napkins fucking be like buying two burgers <laughs> right that's it i am fucking out of here boys and girls i have legion of skanks to get watched here so i better go and get down to business peace love punkadelic <laughs>